This is our devotional reading for today, October 28th, 2023. We're going to start reading from the book Reflecting Christ, The Necessity of Constant Growth in Grace, October 28th. Give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, ye shall never fall. 2 Peter 1 verse 10. The work of transformation from unholiness to holiness is a continuous one. Day by day, God labors for man's sanctification and man is to cooperate with him, putting forth persevering efforts in the cultivation of right habits. He is to add grace to grace, and as he thus works on the plan of, of addition, God works for him on the plan of multiplication. Our Savior is always ready to hear and answer the prayer of the contrite heart, and grace and peace are multiplied to His faithful ones. Gladly, He grants them the blessings they need in their struggle against the evils that beset them. There are those who attempt to ascend the ladder of Christian progress, but as they advance, they begin to put their trust in the power of man and soon lose sight of Jesus, the author and finisher of their faith. The result is failure, the loss of all that has been gained. Sad indeed is the condition of those who, becoming weary of the way, allowed the enemy of souls to rob them of the Christian graces that have been developing in their hearts and lives. He that lacketh these things, declares the apostle, is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. The apostle Peter had had a long experience in the things of God. His faith in God's power to save had strengthened with the years until he had proved beyond question that there is no possibility of failure before the one who, advancing by faith, ascends round by round, ever upward and onward, to the topmost round of the ladder that reaches even to the portals of heaven. For many years, Peter had been urging upon the believers the necessity of a constant growth in grace and in a knowledge of the truth, and now knowing that soon he would be called to suffer martyrdom for his faith, he once more drew attention to the precious privileges within the reach of every believer. In the full assurance of his faith, the aged disciple exhorted his brethren to steadfastness of purpose in the Christian life, Give diligence, he pleaded, to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Precious assurance! Glorious is the hope before the believer as he advances by faith toward the heights of Christian perfection. Taken from the Acts of the Apostles, Paragraphs 532 and 533. We will also read from the book In Heavenly Places, Living Above the World, October 28th. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18 
In his teaching, Christ sought to adjust the claims of heaven and earth. He saw that men are in danger of cherishing an inordinate love for the world. The love of God is supplanted by a love for the world. Nothing but the power of the omnipotent God can dislodge this love. The things which are earthly and temporal lead men away from God, although the advantages to be gained are but an atom in comparison with eternal realities. Turning away from heavenly attractions, from imperishable wealth, from peace, from nobility of soul, man pours out his affections on unworthy and satisfying things, and by constantly beholding this world, he becomes conformed to it. His mind, be, his mind, capable of elevation and privilege to grasp the eternal blessedness of the saints, turns away from an eternity of greatness and allows its powers to be chained like a slave to an atom of a world. It is humili humiliated and dwarfed by allegiance to worldly things. Jesus came to change this order of things, to correct this widespread evil, he lifts up his voice as the voice of God in warnings, reproofs, and entreaties. Seeking to break the spell which infatuates, enslaves, and ensnares men, he says, For what is man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Matthew 16 verse 26 God would have us lift ourselves above the world. Jesus, the world's Redeemer, presents before us the eternal inheritance, the immortal riches. He takes the world from its position of boasted supremacy, placing it where it should be, subject to the spiritual and eternal world. Christ gave himself a sacrifice for the world. He cheerfully gave his own life as a ransom for an apostate world, and he does not design that selfishness and worldliness shall exist in the hearts of his followers. Conformity to the world is expressly forbidden by the word of God. God's chosen ones are to be just what he meant they should be, and what the apostle declares they are, a spectacle unto the world and to angels and to men. 1 Corinthians verse 9. We will also read from the book Lift Him Up, The Church Will Triumph, October 28th. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Revelation 15 verse 3. Christ has given to the church a sacred charge. Every member should be a channel through which God can communicate to the world the treasures of His grace, the unsearchable riches of Christ. There is nothing that the Savior desires so much as agents who will represent to the world His Spirit and His character. There is nothing that the world needs so much as the manifestation through humanity of the Savior's love. All heaven is waiting for men and women through whom God can reveal the power of Christianity. The church is God's agency for the proclamation of truth, empowered by Him to do a special work, and if she is loyal to Him, obedient to all His commandments, there will dwell within her the excellency of divine grace. 
if she will be true to her allegiance, if she will honor the Lord God of Israel, there is no power that can stand against her. Zeal for God and his cause moved the disciples to bear witness to the gospel with mighty power. Should not a like zeal fire our hearts with a determination to tell the story of redeeming love of Christ and him crucified? It is the privilege of every Christian not only to look for, but to hasten the coming of the Savior. If the church will put on the robe of Christ's righteousness, withdrawing from an all allegiance with the world, there is before her the dawn of a bright and glorious day. God's promise to her will stand fast forever. He will make her an eternal excellency, a joy of many generations. Truth passing by those who despise and reject it will triumph. Although at times apparently retarded, its progress has never been checked. When the message of God meets with opposition, he gives it additional force that it may exert greater influence. Endowed with divine energy, it will cut its way through the strongest barriers and triumph over every obstacle. What sustained the Son of God during his life of toil and sacrifice? He saw the results of the travail of his soul and was satisfied. Looking into eternity, he beheld the happiness of those who, through his humiliation, had received pardon and everlasting life. His ear caught the shout of the redeemed. He heard the ransomed ones singing the song of Moses and the Lamb. By faith, we may stand on the threshold of the eternal city and hear the gracious welcome given to those in this life who in this life cooperate with Christ taken from the acts of the apostles paragraphs 600 and 601 and we will also read from the book our father cares drop self into god's hands october 28th my Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. John 10, verse 29. We must rise to a higher standard on the subject of faith. We have too little faith. The Word of God is our endorsement. We must take it, simply believing every word. With this assurance, we may claim large things, and according to our faith, it will be unto us, if we humble our hearts before God, if we seek to abide in Christ, we shall have a higher, holier experience. True faith consists in doing just what God has enjoined, not manufacturing things He has not enjoined. Justice, truth, mercy are the fruit of faith. We need to walk in the light of God's law, then good works will be the fruit of our faith, the proceeds of a heart renewed every day. We must not in any way make self our God. God has given himself to die for us, that he might purify us from all iniquity. The Lord will carry on this work of perfection for us if we will allow ourselves to be controlled by him. The work of righteousness cannot be carried forward unless we exercise implicit faith. Move every day under God's mighty working power. The fruit of righteousness is quietness and assurance forever. 
if we had exercised more faith in God and had trusted less to our own ideas and wisdom, God would have manifested His power in a marked manner on human hearts. By union with Him, by living faith, we are privileged to enjoy the virtue and efficacy of His mediation. Hence, we are crucified with Christ, dead with Christ, risen with Christ, to walk in newness of life with Him. We are not to hold ourselves in our own hands. We are to drop self into the hands of God. Our lack of faith is the reason that we have not seen more of the power of God. We exercise more faith in our own working than in God's working for us. God designs that everything possible shall be done to enable us to stand heart to heart, mind to mind, shoulder to shoulder. This lack of love and confidence in one another weakens our faith in God. We need to pray as we never have prayed before for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, for if there was ever a time when we needed this baptism, it is now. There is nothing the Lord has more frequently told us He would bestow upon us, and nothing by which His name would be more glorified in bestowing than the Holy Spirit. When we partake of of this Spirit, men and women will be born again, souls once lost will be found and brought back. And from the book, Our High Calling, Beware of Self-Confidence, October 28th, we will read, Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay down thy, thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, The cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. John 13, verses 37 and 38. Just before Peter's fall, Christ said to him, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Luke 22, verse 31. How true was the Savior's friendship for Peter! How compassionate his warning! But the warning was resented. In self-sufficiency, Peter declared confidently that he would never do what Christ had warned him against. Lord, he said, I am ready to go with thee to prison and to death. His self-confidence proved his ruin. He tempted Satan to tempt him, and he fell under the arts of the wily foe. When Christ needed him most, he stood on the side of the enemy and openly denied his Lord. Many today stand where Peter stood when in self-confidence he declared that he would not deny his Lord, and because of their self-sufficiency, they fall an easy prey to Satan's devices. Those who realize their weakness trust in a power higher than self, and while they look to God, Satan has no power against them. But those who trust in self are easily defeated. Let us remember that if we do not heed the cautions that God gives us, a fall is before us. Christ will not save from wounds the one who places himself unbidden on the enemy's ground. He lets the self-sufficient one, who acts as if he knew more than his Lord, go on in his supposed strength. Then comes suffering and a crippled life, or perhaps defeat and death. 
In the warfare, the enemy takes advantage of the weakest points in the defense of those he is attacking. Here, he makes his fiercest assaults. The Christian should have no weak points in his defense. He should be barricaded by the support that the scriptures give to the one who is doing God's will. The tempted soul will bear away the victory if he follows the example of him who met the tempter with the word, It is written. He can stand securely in the protection of a thus saith the Lord. And for our last reading, we will read from the book This Day with God, Childlike Faith, October 28th. Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 18, verse 3. Jesus is your best friend. Live by daily faith on the Son of God. Let your course of action be such that God can approve. Then you will be a blessing to others. Do not outgrow the simple faith and trust of your childhood. When sick, your first request was, Father, Mother, pray that the Lord will heal me and forgive my sins. When prayer was offered in your behalf, you made your simple prayer and thanked the Lord he had heard and answered, and with perfect faith and confidence you said, I shall get well. The Lord has blessed me. You slept in perfect peace, in confidence that holy angels would guard your bed. Be a child again. Cast all your burdens and sorrows on him who alone can give rest to the weary heart and peace to the troubled soul. If you would learn anew the precious secret of happiness in this life and how you may attain the future immortal life, be assured you must again be a child in trust, in obedience, in love. If you only do your duty bravely yet cheerfully as a happy child of God, you will reflect rays of sunshine upon others. I charge you as one who knows, look up to God with the simple faith you had in your childhood and say, Father, I am weary, give me rest. Unite my ignorance to thy wisdom, my weakness to thy strength, my frailty to thy enduring might. Shield me with thy protecting hand in life's conflicts. Save me from the vigilant foe who haunts my steps. Then believe, my son, and you will realize even more than you ex expected. Our only safety now is to live a life of faith and good works. Your heavenly Father knows your every trial. He is acquainted with all your infirmities. He will be to you an ever-present help in time of need, and He will withhold no good thing from them that fear and love Him. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Our compassionate Savior will never be indifferent to any pain or sorrow or grief His children suffer. All that you lose and all that you gain, prosperity and adversity, let it make you more like Jesus, the divine pattern. Your happiness will be secured in preserving your childlike trust, cherishing always the beauty and loveliness of a meek and quiet spirit. Letter 56, October 28, 1874 to Edson White. And this concludes the reading for today. May God bless you.